welcome to the pre-post film review. I'm John Asquith. And I'm Matt Stevenson. Uh, the way things work here at Pre-Post is that we uh, watch the trailer for a film and then have a quick chat about our expectations, talk about what we expect the film to be like, maybe make a few predictions. Uh, then we will uh, jump forward in time to when the film has been released. We'll see the film and do a full review. Uh, the second part of... Uh, the podcast will be chock full of spoilers, so don't listen to the full review unless you've seen the film. You're more than welcome to listen to the first part because we won't have seen the film when we're watching the trailer, so that will be no, there will be no spoilers in that section. Uh, and this episode, we're going to be chatting about Finding Dory. Yep. Hi, I'm Dory. Yeah, well, where are your parents? Hi, I've lost my family. Where did you see them last? I forgot. I was looking for something, and I... Okay, totally get it. Date night. I suffer from short-term memory loss. It runs in my family. At least I think it does. Where are they? Dory, there you are! Look out! Ah! Oh, look at this. Our friend got taken into whatever this place is. It's a fish hospital. I feel fantastic! Listen! Dude. I'm wet, Matt, and uh, it's because I've just been in the ocean. I don't know what you're thinking. Because I've just watched the trailer for uh, Finding Dory, and so have you. I have. And uh, it's set in the ocean. Um, (laughs) It's a sequel to Finding Nemo, a Pixar film much loved by pretty much everyone around the world. And Mm -hmm. one of, in my opinion, one of the strongest films, I think. Uh, I would agree kind of scary that they're going back to do a sequel i mm. think um so what's your what are your thoughts on this and kind of your meta thoughts on them coming back and pixar in general at the moment um yeah it is a little bit frightening that they're coming back to make a sequel for this film although i say this almost every time with pixar and almost every time they prove me wrong or at least they mm. did with toy story um and even monsters inc the prequel was actually really great uh but, I mean, I think this this looks good. I don't think it looks bad, but it doesn't... The trailer doesn't blow me away. It's almost, like, exactly what I suspected it would be based on the title. You know? Mm. It's almost like a retelling of the original film. Yeah. Which is a bit disappointing. Um, yeah. As, as kind of indicative of the whole thing, I think. Like, there's this sense that Andrew Stanton's kind of come crawling back to Pixar after being, you know, bitten by the disaster that was John Carter. Mm. And he came back to the safe confines of Pixar and then they've given him the safest option possible, which is, like, Mm. basically safely retelling Finding Nemo from the perspective of Dory. Um, So, I don't know. I mean, we just watched the Zootopia trailer as well and I think this looks better than that. I mean, Pixar are always good uh, even their mm. bad films are good, so I don't think it's going to be a bad film. But yeah, I think it's a little bit, a little bit disappointing to see how conventional it looks, um, and even just how many characters they're literally bringing back. Like there's the the stingray teacher at the beginning, and then the the gnarly sea turtle mm. surfer dude mm. sea turtles that we saw in the first film. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of was hoping that they would go somewhere different. I mean, I think it, it looks like she ends up in some sort of, like, aquatic theme park or something, right? 
um, which mm. could lead to some interesting stuff, maybe. Um, yeah. There's a kind of scene at the very start where she, upon hearing the teacher explain how fish swim from instinct and that's how they know where to go, sort of has these flashbacks. Um, and there's these series of s- scrambled, fragmented images. And I think that could be a cool way as, of being some sort of like weird visual puzzle that she has to put together in order to find her way home. And if they do that creatively, there can be cool, some cool stuff that things you th- that you thought were something when you saw the flashes turn out to turn out to be something different and weird and cool. So that could be a fun little mystery to unravel. Um, but yeah, overall, it, it does feel very like a very safe sequel. Um, and I'm mm. not expecting it to break any new ground, really. And I'm still, I am still worried about spending all that fucking time with Dory because she was the yeah. dumb comic relief. I mean, she was hilarious, but in small doses. Um, mm. So I'm still concerned that 90 minutes of almost exclusively Dory might be a little bit much. Um, what mm. about you? Yeah, uh, I, I wish I could disagree, but. Um... I'm on the on the same wavelength. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I I'm. Uh, it's that hard thing of. It could be amazing because one mm. they can do a really good sequel, but it does look very repetitive. Mm. Um, and the first time I watched this trailer, I was really disappointed to see. Uh, Marlin riding on the turtle mm. again. It's just like, why do we even need to see them again? Honestly, like... It comes with some cool new characters. Yeah, even if that's just a quick... Like, it could just be a cutaway gag. Like, oh, we need to get there quickly. What's the best way? Cut to that, and then that's it. Or something. But but even then, like, I'm worried about that. Um, Seeing Dory do the whale speak, again, it could just be that one joke. But it's like, oh, she did that, so let's do it again. It's a bit worrying. Um the whole yeah the whole concept that instead of just being in a fish tank now she's in a aquarium or something like that mm. um kind of the same same thing yes, uh, yeah kind so of like I, what I don't happened know. to Nemo in the first film exactly. on a larger scale like it's instead of a tiny yeah. fishbowl and a dentist surgery it's a fucking yeah. sea world or whatever exactly right uh it seems like she figures out some way to get between the tanks or something um because she's sort of in different sections and different parts mm. of the, the trailer. Um, and, you know, as you said, I think that could lead to some cool stuff. I, I assume there's going to be some message of that these animals shouldn't be in captivity. And they I was going to say that free. could be, a, yeah, that could be a good yeah. undercurrent or, you know, thematic through line to explore. Because I don't think they really did that in the mm. first film, was it? There wasn't. There was some conservation no. kind of messages, I suppose. With a the little divers bit, yeah. And yeah I, yeah it was more about family and yeah. trusting yeah and your, your your children growing up and all that kind of stuff um yeah so i i don't know i i really i'm hoping for that pleasant surprise but i i'm not mm. really excited i just don't know what to expect mm. because i i trust pixar but at the same time everything in this doesn't look great mm. and it feels like uh, what can we do for a Finding Nemo sequel rather than I've got a good idea for a Finding Nemo, mm, Nemo sequel? Yeah, it's a good you know? point. Um, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I still really, really like Andrew Stanton. So he, do I. For a, for a long time, he was my favourite Pixar director and I, I just wish he'd come back and done something new instead. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I actually don't hate John Carter. I rewatched it the other day on Netflix mm. 
Um, I mean, it's not great, but it's not terrible. Yeah. It's, it's no, okay it's not terrible. For what it is. It's yeah. got some fun action-y set pieces. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, he was burnt very badly by that, and that film got savaged way too harshly than it deserved. Um, yeah, I agree. But I, I, I worry that that's, like, shaking his confidence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I hope that yeah. this isn't a reflection of how safe he feels he needs to be uh, moving forward, I'd want to see him take risks and do interesting things. Cause like you said, I really like his stuff. I think he's great. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the, uh, not the experimental one, but he was the one that was taking a few little risks at Pixar initially, I think. Um, and then, yeah, to see this, I don't know, maybe he just needs to do this to like get, yeah. <laughs> get his like mojo back and then, yeah. You know, I'll be interested to see whether he does another animation after this or tries live action again. Is I'm, it the old cautiously optimistic? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of boredly optimistic. <laughs> I'm, I think mm. it. I think it. I think it'll be good, and I think it'll probably pleasantly surprise me. But yeah, the trailer's pretty boring in the sense that it's so familiar. His name's Hank. I have to find my family. That's a hard one, kid. Well, I guess you're stuck here. You're not helping, Bill. Fragile things. I lost my family. That is so sad. You weren't there. Not a great swimmer. Our friend is in there, lost, alone. Bailey, you've got to use your echolocation. Ooh, I feel stupid. Poor baby. Let me get that for you. Woo! Mom! Dad! She should just pick two and let's go. Dad. What? I'm kidding. I get the feeling they're shushing us for a reason. Like something with one big eye, tentacles, and a snappy thing? Well, that's very specific, but something like that. Somewhere out there is my family. I can't find them on my own. Hang on, Dory! Surf's up, dude! I don't want to be touched. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Everybody does it. Nothing to be ashamed of. All right, yeah, so we've got our scuba gear on um, and looking at all the little fishies underwater and uh, we've just seen uh, Finding Dory, the movie we're going to be talking about today. Um, so, uh, oh yeah, I'm just going to ask you what your sort of general thoughts were. Um, uh, I know we were kind of maybe 50-50 on the trailer um, and the idea of this kind of movie in general since we sort of felt Finding Nemo doesn't need a sequel, maybe. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on Finding Dory? Um, <clears throat> yeah, well, I think uh, from what we sort of talked about in the trailer, like my biggest concern was spending 90 minutes with Dory, given that she was a sort of comic relief um, within the first film and subsequent to that, I suppose just the fact that from the trailer, it seemed like it was quite a, a rehash of the original plot in terms of, you know, someone's they're, they're trying to find someone, someone goes missing and they go on an adventure through the ocean. It's very similar territory. Um, mm. and I guess now having seen the film, I can safely say that my fears were hundred percent correct. Um, <laughs> for me, this, uh, is probably down there with my least favourite Pixar films. Um, wow. I mean, that's not necessarily a really harsh criticism, to be fair, given that I... Like, Pixar, the yeah. bar for Pixar is so high, and even, like, bad Pixar mm. is quite good. Um, so I certainly didn't hate this film, but I think uh, 
almost uh, similar to your experiences with the recent Ghostbusters review that we did, I found myself quite early on in this film just not on board with it. And there was quite a few mm. moments. What One, the humour sort of wasn't jelling with me. Dory was annoying me. And there was a little... A few little nitpicks, which we can probably get into in a little bit, that kind of just started to snowball. And then I just started to notice things and lots of things started to annoy me that didn't kind of add up. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm just... It was just the frame of mind that I was in, but I feel like in general, apart from the Cars films, which is one of the reasons I don't really like those Pixar films, but Pixar is typically quite good at integrating this kind of fantastical world with the real world and the way they kind of intersect and for the most part don't intersect. Like the, the scariness is when they have to sort of merge and and the interplay between the two is what's exciting. I felt like this was kind of the worst aspect of Finding Dory and the way they kind of just merged the, the human world and the fish world became super cartoonish and by the end it was just... Mm. ridiculous to the extent of like it didn't feel like a, a clever Pixar film anymore it found like a dumb kids film mm. and I was totally not on board by the end um having said that there was there were some great moments um and I think the strongest stuff was to do with Dory's parents and there was some really moving emotional stuff there and I do like the general theme of sort of uh dealing with a child that has a disability and how you kind of, I don't know, just, just foster their positivity and try and keep them motivated and functioning within the world. I thought, I thought that's like, there's a lot of good messages going in there, going on there. But, um, I mean, we can dig into that a little bit more cause I have a really big problem with that as well. But, uh, in general, I think it's a positive film. There's positive messages. Um, and it's fun, but, uh, I was very, very underwhelmed, and I guess, yeah, like I said to begin with, I was, I wasn't on board, and once I got off that train, it was almost impossible to get back on by the end. Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, very, very low down in the Pixar ranking for me. But uh, what about you, John? How how did you feel? Yeah, that, that's really interesting. I think um, my opinion of the film is probably a little bit higher than yours. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wish I loved it so uh, we could have... Yeah, I was hoping this was going to be a big uh, argument. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I, 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 that would be good. But, um, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page <laughs> as you. Um, I was... Yeah, I, I don't know if I was disappointed or underwhelmed. I suppose I was. Mm. I, I really loved the first film. Um, and this... You know, so I, I was sort of predisposed to be a bit wary of mm. the, making a sequel. But I, even after John Carr of Mars wasn't great, I still had a lot of faith in Andrew Stanton, mm -hmm. um, who was my favorite Pixar director for a long time, because he would always push things I felt in little ways. Mm. Um, I thought Finding Nemo was sort of the, the per perfect... Um, uh, culmination of everything they'd done up until then, which was comedy, drama, adventure, yeah. um, great visuals and all that stuff. It was the perfect thing. Um, and then he had Wally mm -hmm. after that, which totally pushed the bar for them, um, yeah, particularly amazing. that the opening act, which everyone, you know, loves and is still amazing. And the rest of the film is really good too. Um, 
and I really like that he he always sort of like t- took what they were doing and just pushed it a bit further. Um, and I, I don't think that is the case with this sequel. And I was really hoping he would do that um, again, but it does feel very safe. And it feels like I remember when I came out of it thinking, if someone forced you to make a Finding Nemo sequel, this is what you would get. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if 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 someone put a gun to his head. And it's like perfectly fine. There's not. It's not bad. There's yeah, it's not offensive. Yeah. Majorly wrong with it, um, and there are many good elements. But it just felt to me uh, like it didn't need to exist, and that is that sucks for a sequel. Yeah. Like you should not make one if it feels like that. Uh, obviously, they didn't think that, but but I hold them a bit more accountable because their whole thing has always been like we don't make sequels unless we feel there really needs to be mm. that story told. Um, that's what they always go on about with Toy Story and all that stuff. And they and they proved it with Toy exactly Story. Exactly right. They've lived up to that for the most part. Like they have. Yeah. Every yeah. single Toy. I mean, I I probably rate the Toy Story two the my least favorite, but I mean, they've all been really great. Three in particular, yeah. I was so not on board for that, and that is turned out to be one of my favorite Pixar films. And I would, yeah. I even stick up for Monsters University. Like I was so yep. not on board for that prequel, and that turned out to be. I mean, a little bit safer than some of the others, but the message at the end of that film is really great and surprising and subversive in mm-hmm. subtle ways, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess the exception to the rule is the cars. I mean, one, they're just a bit average, and then the sequel was also a bit average, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and in, in a way, they almost get a pass with cars because it's like their little money-making yeah. franchise that, that feels like... The- it doesn't count in a way yeah, or something. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I was underwhelmed and I, I was watching the movie waiting to click into it and waiting to be – like I laughed every now and then and, and as you say, there are a couple of scenes that are emotionally powerful but I but nothing struck me mm, really hard. Yep. No, I wasn't tearing up or anything and I wanted to. I really wanted to because uh, I still do with the first film. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I I don't know. I'm I'm sort of speaking vaguely, just a disappointment. But I think <laughs> I think the uh, it wasn't. I didn't. I, I say I laughed a bit. I didn't laugh a lot. Yeah, I hardly laughed I at all. If it, I'm honest. Yeah, I didn't find it that funny. No. Um, and I found a lot of the even the dramatic stuff felt forced to me. Like the amount of flashbacks we have. Mm-hmm. for Dory um, looking all cute with her parents it's, and stuff. I just think there's way, yeah, way too I many flashbacks. Totally agree. Uh, like every time she sees something, there's like a flashback. And like 80% um, of them are pointless. They're either pointless, like yeah. they're just literally re-showing you the same thing you just saw and going, oh, it's a memory now. And like, okay, yeah. great. Or they're like a, a random solution to a problem that just happened to pop up at the convenient time. Like there's nothing clever exactly. or cryptic or character building about them. It's just either a fucking waste just to see like super cute mega eyed door baby Dory or yes. a convenient plot device, which is disappointing yeah. for Pixar, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It just exactly. And it feels like it just doesn't feel as smart as the first mm. movie, which is like a, an example of like a perfect script, I think, that all these themes connect and all these surreal things loop back on themselves, and it's just like this. It's like uh, an Edgar Wright script. Yeah. I always feel like they're like that as well. You know, they're just like these tight little 
packages of greatness. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this just doesn't feel like that. Like you said, like the, the cartoony stuff towards the end with driving the car oh. and the escape and all that, it just feels like a, le- a, a, a less intelligent yeah. Pixar movie. Yeah? I mean, that kind of sounds like a weird thing to say, but it it doesn't trust the audience as much, you know? Um, and that's why you get all these flashbacks. And I think, too, it doesn't have the conviction to have Dory not find her parents, which mm. I know is a completely different movie, but I, I thought that's where it was going. And I think they should have... I really think they should have stuck to that because it. I thought it was going to be about sort of dealing with loss and, and also having fa- un- unconventional family and, mm. and having people around you that, you know, like Nemo and Marlon are her family now. And, uh, and I, yeah. I don't know that, that there was a whole thing that seemed to be going on and then it, it doesn't have that. Um, and that, that was probably a stupid personal thing that disappointed me, but I, I couldn't help but be disappointed. No, I think that's it. a good point. Like it does. I don't think it knows where to, uh, like double down on in terms of the thematically, right? Like it seems to both want to be about dealing with the disability and then it also at the same time wants to be about family. But then like, mm. you're right, the, the family message is muddled. Is it saying family is whoever you're close to and whoever loves and supports you? Or is it saying family is literally your blood because it's trying to have both yeah. like by the end of it? Yeah. That's right. Um, I mean, I guess you could argue, I suppose, that that's the point. Like, it doesn't matter. But it, it, I don't feel like that's what the film mm. is saying. I feel like the film is telling you two different things at different scenes mm. and then tries mm. to make an emotional ending out of it all. Um, and it doesn't. Yeah. It never quite comes together in a satisfying way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that's where the flashbacks could have been used effectively. Um, the, and we need theme music for this now for... Uh, the re- John and Matt rewrite yeah, the film. Let's do it because we do it. We do it a lot, but um, you use you use the flashbacks really sparingly, like one or two per act, and then when she finds the the uh, that little house that her parents have with the shells going back, mm. um, and that's really sad and a powerful moment. But then they're not there anymore because it's been too long. Mm. You know, and I know that's really that sad. Is, that is, yeah, but the. You know, then, and then you have, um, at the last scene, which was, she's looking out over the, uh, the, dro- the canopy. The drop or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, drop, the drop off, yeah. yeah. And she's, like, thinking about stuff. And it's just a weird moment in the movie, because she's just there, and, like, and then Marlon's like, hey, come on, let's go. And she's like, okay. <laughs> and that's kind of it. Yeah. But that that's where you, where you don't, like, if you hadn't overused the flashbacks, you put one in there, where she's remembering all that her parents mm. did for her, and... And she never got to, as an adult, say thank you, but she she gets to say it out to the canopy now, to the mm. ocean, um, and in some oh, way what they a, hear What a beautiful it. moment. Then she goes back to her new family. And forgets she did That's, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then forgets. Um, and I know, you know, we'll probably cut that out because that, that was just no, me yeah, after good. I saw it. I was, I was just like, how, how could I actually make this more emotional because I didn't feel that connected to it. And I, that's what I would have done. Um but, I, but then again, I hate listening to reviews where people are like, well, they should have done this. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going on. <laughs> no, I think that's I think that's a very good point. Um, it's interesting that you latched onto that because I latched onto the other thing that I was talking about, like the the disability aspect of the story. Um, yeah. Which I was actually, I was 
well, I like like the the uh, the attempt, and I think it's like a positive yeah, yeah. thing. I do I think I that agree. it's fundamentally flawed in a couple of ways. Like, well, one her whole the whole setup with her forgetfulness is not only is it convenient in terms of f- plot flashbacks, it's so friggin' inconsistent. Like when she yeah. what she remembers, what she doesn't remember, when she forgets when she does what she doesn't forget it frustrated the shit out of me when you folk that like that's the core of your story and it's just like there's no fucking rules like when you wanted to remember she remembers when she doesn't she doesn't like yeah it was incredibly frustrating but it it really did feel like by the end of the film i I, like matt rewrites the film now right like the one of the the, the great moment, like what you said, was when he she finds the house and there's all those shells. Like, that was a genuinely moving moment. And that's not because yeah. Dory, that's yeah. the parents. Like, I was moved yeah. by the dedication and the long-term sort of commitment to trying to find their child that the parents went yeah. to and put these shells out. And, like, that was an amazing moment. And I honestly thought at the end of the film, like, when they all made it back and she went off to the drop and Marlon was all like, oh, you know, you're going to forget and you're going to get lost... That, that she would have acknowledged the fact that she has this disability, that she has this memory loss condition, and she ha- would have, like, made a path of shells for herself so she could go mm. to the drop and come back. And the message would be, mm. you can with a disability, you can still function like everyone else, but perhaps you need to, mm. you need to work with some tools that is just a little bit different, but that doesn't make you worse than anyone else you can yeah. still do it but it just you have to deal with it yeah. differently but instead the film's yeah. just like nah she tries hard enough now she remembers it's like yeah that's that is honestly that's not how it works for a lot of people and that's potentially like a negative thing to be saying to people that are struggling with certain disabilities you know what i mean that's like, quite insensitive and mm. mm. i don't know i just i pixar's usually so nuanced with that sort of stuff and it, it, yeah. I feel like they really fumbled it there. Like, it could have been a, a a potent, unique statement in a kid's film. And instead, it was, like, the traditional, oh, now she remembers, now she's normal again. Like, <laughs> okay, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting hearing you say that. And <clears throat> it makes me think about the first film and how these, these are two, like, movies about parenting in mm. a way. Uh, uh, the first one is, is more genuine because it comes from Andrew Stanton like over being overprotective of his son when he was little um, and having to learn to sort of let him go um, and then this time you have these parents that are the overprotective but also very trusting mm. of their daughter and trying trying to teach her you know how to get by in life with a, a disability um, like I think I feel like the first film is I mean, the first film's not about it, but I think the first, the, what is perfect about the first film is because you're right, it's about pe- parenting, but it is also secretly about disability. Like, Nemo is yeah. disabled with his, like, little gammy flipper, and, like, that's what makes Marlon so scared about, yeah. like, letting him out into the world. And it's not about him realizing he can swim just as strong as everyone else because his flipper is, even though it's small, like, it's about. Yeah. adapting to that and realizing that you can you can still live a normal life with a child like that and you can trust that they'll be safe which mm. i feel like is a different message to what dory's saying dory's pushing so hard in the other direction saying or like 
focusing so much more on the f- actual disability itself and then saying it doesn't matter, you can still do what everyone else does, even if you have the disability, mm. which, I mean, mm. on the surface is a good message, but there's no nuance to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I think Nemo, yeah, Nemo yeah. is such a perfect film in, like, what, like, it deals with so many things in such subtle ways, and I haven't seen it for quite a long time, but after watching Dory, it made me appreciate it so much more, because I'd forgotten that Nemo had, like, a little, like, mm. uh, crippled, crippled fin. <laughs> I don't even, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> it's such a, a little detail that, I mean, it's almost more powerful that it's not made a big deal of, in the, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, yeah. that speaks stronger to me than making a huge deal of it than treating it in such a ham-fisted way like they did in Dory, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's a good point. just to continue my disability rant, I'll get it all out of my system. I mean, I like I like the positive message about disability, but then that, the thing that shit me was then they had two clearly disabled characters, the, uh, yeah, the, the, the handicapped seal and the, mm. the bird that was clearly not all there. Yeah. And then, like, they, yeah. they were just, like, the butt of jokes constantly. Like, those yeah, seals true. just bullied yeah. the shit out of that other seal. And he yeah. was clearly <laughs> handicapped. And it's like, yeah, you just spent 90 minutes lecturing me about how disabled people can do exactly what everyone else can do. And then you expect me to laugh when you, like, bully someone that's, like, a little bit special. <laughs> like, I don't know. It just it just felt really weird to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that goes back to sort of this overall point of that it this movie I believe doesn't come from a place of I really want to tell this story. I've got a great idea. Mm. It's like Andrew Stanton, who I still love and respect, but it's like what what can I come up with yeah. for a Finding Nemo sequel rather than so, than this coming to him naturally and being like, oh, I've got the perfect thing like I, I really need to tell this story mm. and it's the finding Nemo world is the best way to do it that that just trickles down through the whole movie because it's not clear all the time exactly. what it's trying to say uh, what tone it is how funny is it how as you said how realistic is this human world that they're interacting with um, and even things like what what Pixar are so good at or used to be so good at is is the little things in the in this world that we don't know like the little day-to-day things mm. like how how they get how they travel uh, in the first Nemo is you know like a highway is like the current mm. that you go in with mm-hmm. the turtles and and things like that like adapting out like a human life into this underwater thing and it doesn't really have any of that it's just like no. it's just like a you know magical world where animals talk and I don't know that grounding is totally gone which yeah. I guess connects to what you were saying about how it's more cartoony and it's kind of silly. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it does have a little bit of that at the beginning, I think, but the only things are rehashes from the first film. Like, it's the, the school yes, with yeah. the stingray and then yeah. the, the turtles. And I was actually quite annoyed. Another thing that put me off when, like, it was just, it was literally just felt like we were going through the same motions again. I mean, it mixes it up once they get to the the aquatic sea park thing. Um, yeah. But the beginning was quite disappointing, just how how similar it was. Um mm. But yeah, no, I like. I mean, I said it before in the intro, but the, just the the weird mixture between the real world and the and the fish world just doesn't work for me here. I think like what I mean, this seems sounds dumb, but a big reason for that was like the weird constant references to Sigourney Weaver. Like I feel like yeah, that was so odd. That was never funny, and 
like, this is dumb. We can probably cut this out because it's like dumb nitpick nerd logic. But, you know, as soon as you say Sigourney Weaver, then this becomes, it becomes like the real world. You know what I mean? Like, it's no longer cartoon yeah. Pixar world. It's like yeah. Earth. It's like where I live and the kind of parks that I would go <laughs> yeah. to. And then if that's yeah. the case, you can't have some octopus that can magically change like a camouflage, like some fucking magical dinosaur from Jurassic World, like, and, and scoot yeah. around in a pram without any... Like, it just becomes... You can't do both those things. I don't know. It just really rubbed yeah. me the wrong way, how they were trying to have the best of both worlds there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And they handle it so well, again, to compare to the first film, uh, where they go to Sydney and they're, like, they're in Sydney yeah. Harbour and the, de- the dentist is from Sydney, but... The, the way the animals and stuff interact, it's so secretive. And it's it's almost that Toy Story thing of, like, we can't yeah, let the humans exactly, see us, like, exactly. acting this way. Um, but in this, they're just, like, everywhere. <laughs> like, they, they don't really even care. I mean, they, they hide. They hide a bit. But, you know, they get caught so often. Yeah. And um, nothing, you know, and the car thing at the end. Like, I, I know conceptually, like, that's a funny sequence and that's interesting. But it just doesn't quite gel with... No, like, yeah, you're the, so right. The, the rest I of feel it. like the Sydney sequences in Nemo, like, it's it's frightening outside of that tank. Like, you're never part yeah. of that world. You're so, sort of seeing it through the fish's eyes as, like, this weird, like, the way we see the ocean, you know what I mean? These weird big creatures that are, like, outside the water. You know, it's, it's yeah. something you never want to be part of. Whereas this, they're, like, flipping around outside in the air like marlin and nemo are like jumping through fountains which was dumb you know like they're just it's just yeah it's so that's just felt like, like too much. carefree like whatever let's just get over to this tank yeah you know there's and, no yeah and it's it. like exactly that's what i was gonna say it's that old thing of like if you have too much of that fantastical stuff you know they they'll survive anything mm. so the the danger and the thrill of that goes away yeah um but yeah, anytime they're out of water in the first film, it's like horrific. You know, on edge, yeah. it's like shit. They can't breathe. Yeah, you know? I will give it props. So the one thing that I did actually really like was the uh, the sequence in like the touch pool where all the kids were like touching the the like the starfish and stuff, and Dory and the what was Hank yeah. was that his name? The octopus was sort of stuck in this touch pool, um, which was like horrific. And I feel like that it was like a war. Yeah, film. yeah. But that's I feel like that's the sort of vibe. That was from Nemo. Like the outside world is scary, yes. and humans are scary, and you, that's like how freaked out the fish are by the the, the idea of being touched by a human, yeah. and that like exactly. yeah, the way that was that was structured and the way it was shot was really really cool. I really liked that a lot, actually. Yeah, well, I think yeah, we should address that we do sound um, very negative, but I didn't hate the movie or anything. Um, no, like it was. F- fun to watch mm. but I, I i don't know I, I just can't hide my my yeah i started saying i don't know if i'm disappointed but i am now that we're talking about <laughs> yeah I like uh, like yeah. it just could have been a lot better exactly i, I mean I, again yeah like you said i don't want to come off like i hated it because i didn't hate it and i do think it has no. good qualities to it but i was very disappointed walking out like mm. i don't know yeah it just didn't like you said nemo is such a good film and they have such a good track record of sequels this, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It just, it just did not live up to what I hoped that it would be. It give, even given like my trepidations based on the trailer, it was, it still was mm. below my expectations. The final product. Mm. 
Um, actually, trying to, I'm just trying to think, think of some positives. Um, and I did like mm. just... We mentioned previously about how good the scene was when she sort of finds the, the house with all the shells. But there's a moment before that that I thought was actually really great when she sort of gets out of the the marine park and back into the ocean and she's in all the kelp or whatever it is. Um, and she's kind of freaking out and forgetting why she was out there and she kind of swims away from the kelp and there's this great shot where she's talking about like how she's freaking out and she can't remember what she's doing and you can see in the background all the kelp kind of like slowly vanish into the like uh, Mm. the murky ocean water and it was just like a really great visual metaphor of forgetfulness and how things just must Mm. disappear for her like after a few moments of not acting on them. Um, I thought mm. that was really well, like that yeah. whole sequence from that kelp and finding their parents. I thought that was that was yeah. really really well done. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't want this to be a trash cast, you know. But uh, just let's just do it. Let's unleash on it. Let's trash it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I no, I agree. It, it's so dumb because no one that's made the film is going to listen to this. But I I just like I don't yeah. want anyone who made it to listen to it and could be like, huh? We we really tried because. <laughs> oh, I, I know they did. You know what I mean. Like well, everyone w- was was doing a very good job. I but think, yeah, I mean, I, you, but, I agree to an extent, but I think you're 100 right about them. It's not that. It's like them. They they didn't have a story, and they tried to yeah cram one into a sequel that wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, that, and that that is the ultimate problem. And I yeah, I don't know. I hope they don't try and make another one well given how much fucking money this is making they probably will yeah yeah finding marlin will be next finding marlin yeah that's right but you know a lot of people do like it i think like just yeah i mean people that i've talked to yeah have really enjoyed i agree and i'm i as much as i'm disappointed that we're not having a big argument for once on the podcast i am glad that i've found someone that is as disappointed as i was because i honestly felt like i was some weird soulless leper mm. given all the positive reviews and <laughs> yeah. all the money this thing had been making i was starting to question like if i'd missed something or because uh, mm. yeah every you're right everyone just really seems to be going for it but mm. yeah, it just didn't work for me <clears throat> actually do, do you know what my favorite thing about finding dory the one thing that i absolutely loved and thought was pure perfection yeah what the short film that was in front of it piper did you? Did ah. it, it was amazing. <laughs> How good was it? It was very, very good. Like yeah, that it has really made good. me like we you spoke briefly that when we first started about how great the intro of Walt, like the silent intro of Wally was. It made me want to see like a full feature that was just silent. Like like it was. I mean, it yeah. was such a simple little fable, but fuck, it was mm. like beautifully done. Like I, I just I yeah. would have preferred to sit in that world for ninety minutes than. Yeah. I loved yeah. it, man. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up actually because I forgot about that. But that was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, and and this uh, thing that's hard to do of being like pretty much photorealistic mm. and cartoony at the same time. Yeah, um, yeah it was shot just oh, it was incredible so well. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think like to sum it up, I I'm, I can't hide my disappointment. And like I said at the beginning, it is one of my least favorite of the Pixar films, probably just above the Cars films, but. Again, like mm. I said at the beginning, a, a, a bad Pixar film is still a decent film. And I think it's hearts in the right place, even if the 
the yeah. way it was made is perhaps not like conducive of the best storytelling and it wasn't the smartest idea to make this sequel i think it, it is trying to say positive things and i give it props for that just i i oh god i can't even speak yeah. um i i don't like it when i listen to like a, a podcast or something and people just shit on a film and i get for the sake of it yeah. but i don't think that's what's going on here like i think we were even though we were cautiously optimistic, we was you still have such a high bar for yeah. Pixar films, yeah. and, and um, so you are apt to be more disappointed when they don't deliver um, because you know what they're capable yeah. of, and I, I think that's exactly what has happened this time around. Yeah, in a weird way, like the negativity is coming from a positive place, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. we don't. We do. Yeah, there is sure. no way that we want to sh- just shit on this film. It's. Yeah, it, yeah. it comes out of the fact that we love Pixar so much, and it hasn't lived up yeah, to their and I wanted to... high standards. Yeah, exactly. And we both wanted to love yeah. this. You know, yeah. I, I was I was willing for that to happen, but yeah, not this time. Thanks for listening to the pre-post film review. We'd love to hear what you guys thought of Finding Dory. Uh, were you as disappointed as John and myself? Or are you one of the 400 million people that love this film and are throwing money at the box office at the moment? <laughs> um, we'd love to, actually, we'd love to hear some more positive reviews. Like, take us to town and tell us tell us that we're wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can email us at prepostfilmreview at gmail.com and we always reply to all the emails, so that would be that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you can also find us on Facebook and give us a like there if you want. Um, we're also on Twitter at prepostfr, uh, and the links for those two pages are in the show notes. Um, we're also obviously on iTunes and Stitcher and all the big podcasting servers, uh, and we would love it if you guys would subscribe to us, uh, particularly on iTunes, but any of them is uh, a help to uh, get more listeners for us for the show and spread the, the good word of the pre-post film review. <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be awesome. Um, also, John and myself are on Letterboxd, which is a cool little site that lets it's you log true. films and keep a diary of what you're watching. So uh, there are links to both of our profiles in the show notes, um, and you can check out what we've been watching outside of the films we talk about on the podcast. Um, and... Tune in next episode when we're going to be chatting about Kubo and the Two Strings, a new stop-motion animated film, which is always exciting. Yeah, for sure. It's his two strings. (laughs) (laughs) Deliverance style. Okay, here we are, Matt. We've got our Scooby. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so, why do we need to be somewhere every review now? <laughs> we should do it. I love it. It's good. Yeah, we've got to be in the environment it's just gonna, of the it's film. It's going to get for weirder, weirder as we start running out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 